this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the things happening in and around Oxford. Today is Wednesday the 16th of September 2015 and I'm here with Orla. Hi Orla. Hello. What have you got for us? Well, this week I'm going to be talking about beer, rugby and burlesque. Excellent. I'm going to be talking about gunge, goals and gorilla knitting. <laughs> but first of all, welcome to the Oxford Bricks Freshers. Yes, welcome to Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a great competition for you to enter. We've got some amazing prizes. We've got a bike, it's like £50 voucher for one place to eat, and then a whole load of club nights where you get to bring six friends along and you all get a free drink. We've got 50 prizes. It is amazing. So there's lots to choose from, and all you have to do is fill out our form on our website, and the address is dailyinfo.co.uk forward slash 2015 freshers competition. That's going to be running for about four weeks or so. Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of chance to enter and you get to pick which prize you'd like best and then second and third. And then hopefully, if you win, you'll be getting what you want. But now on to the Oxford facts that we like to start the podcast with. And this week I've chosen one which is related to Roger Bannister because Roger Bannister's running spikes, which he used to break the four-minute mile for the first time, was sold the other day for £266,500 at auction, which was like over five times the asking price. So anyway, this is related to him. So interestingly, there's no statue to Roger Bannister in Oxford. So he's got the running track named after him, and I think Pembroke have got a building that's named after him because he was at Pembroke. Uh, But there's no statue. But there is a statue of Roger Bannister in Vancouver, of all places. What? At the 1954 Commonwealth Games, they were held in Vancouver, and they featured the so-called Miracle Mile. So it was contested between Roger Bannister, who had become the first man to break the four-minute mile earlier that year, and John Landy, who then did a sub-four-minute mile shortly after Roger Bannister, who was oh. the second man. And this was the first race where two people who'd run under four minutes for a mile went head-to-head. Now, Landy was leading coming off the final bend, and he then looks to his left to see where Roger Bannister is. Roger Bannister comes round the outside, just sneaks ahead of him, and wins the race in 3 minutes, 58.8 seconds. Both men run under four minutes that day, which again was the first time two men had done it in a race, and the stadium went wild. So outside the stadium that they did it in, the Empire Stadium in Vancouver in Canada, they've got a statue of the two men with Landy looking to his left and Roger Bannister on his right. So that's my looks of fact. What was his time for the four-minute mile? It was three minutes, 59.4 seconds. Mm-hmm. But um, So the timekeeper on the day, he was announcing the time afterwards, and he was like, and the time is three! And then everyone just started shouting, and no one actually heard the rest of the time. <laughs> they had to go back and check what it was exactly. Has it now been beaten? Yeah, it's been beaten a number of times. Oh. I think the record was down to 3.46 or something. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, he was a practising medical student at the time. He was only 25, and he just practised by running up and down the Ifley Road. <laughs> Slightly related to medical students, there's an interesting event happening at the Pegasus Theatre run by Science Oxford this Thursday. It's called Gunge for Grown-Ups and I spoke to Jude, Head of Communications, about the inspiration behind their event. So our next event for adults is really, it's kind of taking them back to their childhood. So I mentioned about, you know, when you're in the classroom and learning about science, um, sometimes it can be a bit dull and and sometimes if you get a great teacher, it's really inspiring. It definitely makes a difference. Absolutely, it does. And I think I, when I was at school, even though I now work with scientists all the time, I wasn't particularly engaged with science. I loved biology, but physics and chemistry 
were a real struggle. And I think the only reason I passed my physics GCSE was because it was my best friend's mum was my teacher. <laughs> and and so a lot of people sort of, you know, they, they kind of leave science behind at 14 and they never go back. They never go into a lab again. Um, they never do any experiments again. And so what we wanted to do was to create an event for adults, but actually about their inner child. And so we created this event called Gunge for Grown Ups, which is next Thursday at the Pegasus Theatre, um, 17th of September. And the idea is, is that adults can come in and they can get messy and play and have a great time all night with all different sorts of experiments. Awesome. So we're going to be doing, um, we're making fire, we're making fire tornadoes. Wow. Um, we're going to be punching custard, <laughs> because you can actually punch custard. Um, and explaining the scientific reasons why. Um, we're going to be making human-sized bubbles, trying to squeeze them inside human-sized bubbles. Also, and this is kind of the favourite, especially with people of a certain age who grew up with Ghostbusters, like I did, oh, okay. is we're making slime, and it's basically like the ectoplasm yeah. that kind of gets trailed around <laughs> New York City um, in Ghostbusters. So we're going to get everybody making that and getting really messy. And it's for anyone who's age 16 and over, so it really is kind of the grown-ups let loose in the chemistry lab <laughs> for one night only at the Pegasus Theatre. Listen to the full Oxcast Extra to find out what other fun family-friendly events are happening soon, how science is helping to hunt down serial killers, and how you can tell when a bubble's going to pop. <laughs> that sounds really cool. So that's at the Pegasus Theatre this Thursday from 7.30pm, tickets £9, concessions for £6. Now, Friday marks the start of the Rugby World Cup, which I've been very excited about for a while. It's the Rugby World Cup hosted in England this year and also Cardiff. They've got a few matches in Cardiff, but they don't talk about that. It's the England <laughs> Rugby World Cup. And it starts on Friday. So first match is going to be England-Fiji with kickoff at 8 o'clock. And then on Saturday, there's going to be four matches starting at 12 o'clock with Tonga-Georgia. 2.30 is Ireland-Canada at the Millennium Stadium. 4.45 South Africa, Japan, and 8 o'clock is France, Italy, in Twickenham, all on Saturday. Now, every match of the World Cup is going to be broadcast live on either ITV or ITV4, and all the Wales games and the opening match are going to be on S4C, which is the Welsh language channel. Um, so there's going to be plenty of chance for people to watch as many games as possible. And hopefully that will mean that it's going to be on in lots of pubs as well. Hopefully anywhere that's got a screen will be either showing them or you'll be able to say, can you put it on for me? <laughs> Um, around Oxford but one place that you can definitely catch the at least these opening five games uh, on Friday and Saturday is at Chinna Rugby Club's Oktoberfest um, they're going to have a big beer and rugby festival over the weekend it's £10 for a weekend ticket which includes a free pint thereafter pints are two fifty, which is wow. a bargain and they've got over 80 real ales and ciders to choose from there'll also be a barbecue and posh toilets uh, we're told <laughs> But yeah, Chinna are also going to be screening every match of the World Cup, which is a pretty good commitment. And loads of other rugby clubs across the county have got things planned over the next six weeks as well. So Oxford Harlequins, Abingdon Rugby Club, Kidlington and Wallingford all have different events planned. And you can see all of the local World Cup rugby-related events on oxonrugby2015.com, which is the website set up by Oxfordshire RFU. But yeah, the Chinna Rugby Club... Oktoberfest is Friday and Saturday from five o'clock and costs £10 for a weekend pass. Who are you going to be supporting? Ireland. <laughs> I didn't have to ask, really. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. What about you? England? Probably. I'm, I'm sort of, I've been brought up on football, so okay. I want to give rugby a, a chance. Well, it's no better time. Exactly. When it's the Rugby World Cup in England. Yes. Amazing. Um, we've actually got some tickets for sale for the England-Fiji match on our website. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, looking, lifts tickets and 
journey shares. Lift tickets and journey shares for those. On to some more controversial themed theatre this week. We Want You To Watch will be performing at the Northwall Arts Centre on Friday and Saturday. So it's called We Want You To Watch. It's yeah. not, we're not saying no. we want oh, to go sorry. to this. It's so confusing. <laughs> this is a National Theatre Commission piece by Alice Birch and was assisted by the theatre makers from Rashdash. It's a utopian fantasy play about Pig, played by Abby Greenland, and Sissy, played by Helen Golan, and their desire to eradicate porn from the world. This includes them trying to shut down the internet, trying to use a murderer's porn habit as proof of his guilt, and also trying to kidnap the Queen in a bid (laughs) to convince her to ban porn in the United Kingdom. So it sounds like quite an interesting play. Its aim is to raise more questions rather than answer it, and I think it's received mixed reviews because of that. Mm, So I'm fascinated to see it. I'm really excited. You're going along on Friday, aren't you? I am. So you can check out my review, hopefully on Monday, (laughs) on the website. So that's We Want You to Watch at the Northwall Arts Centre on Friday at 8pm. Tickets cost £15 or £13 for concession. As well as Katie's review of We Want You to Watch, we have reviews of loads of um, current and upcoming theatre, films that are screening in Oxford cinemas and recent gigs as well. As well as loads of venue reviews so you can see where you want to go for some food after you've watched a World Cup match. Make sure to enter our freshers competition, there's a link on the homepage. And subscribe to the Oxcast on iTunes to make sure that you get it straight to your device every week. Now a big event that's happening throughout Oxford this Saturday is the Big Draw launch. It's very exciting, there's loads of free workshops and events across the city. The Big Draw, for those who aren't aware what it is, essentially a movement for anyone who loves to draw, as well as those who don't love to draw, to draw as much as possible with as many people as possible. (laughs) On the website there's a walk and draw trail and the theme of this year is every drawing tells a story. So I've picked out three events that I think sound fun. Um, There's the launch itself at the Western Library, which is on Broad Street, which starts at 11am and Philip Pullman and Chris Riddle, the Children's Laureate, will be launching the event with lots of workshops, including the opportunity to sit for a robot who will draw you. Wow, that's awesome. It's incredible. So this artist called Patrick Tresett has... That's the name of the robot. No, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's trained his robot to recognise faces and to draw them within 20 minutes and then you can compare your likeness. Oh my God, that's awesome. That is so cool. Incredible and totally free. Another event is Yarnstorming with woolly street artist Deadly Knitshade, who is a storyteller slash knitting graffiti artist. So that should be interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And finally, there is Ready Steady Colour at the Story Museum. Now, this event is mainly for children aged three and over. Pre-bookings advised. But what you can do is you can order your own dinner to be drawn for you, and then you can decorate it with ketchup paint and salt and pepper glitter. (laughs) So that all sounds a lot of fun. Get drawing. (laughs) Now, there are a whole load of festivals that happen in Oxford every year. We've actually got a page that lists pretty much all of them on the website, and there are over 100. And this is one that I haven't even heard of before. <laughs> the Oxford Beard Festival is going to be at the James Street Tavern on Saturday from 12 o'clock, and it's going to be totally free. The main focus of the day will be the beard competitions, in which you can compete in various different categories. They are full natural, partial, business class, moustache, freestyle, and women and children section. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. The results and awards will be awarded at 7 o'clock. There's going to be live music all day in between the different rounds and burlesque in the evening from 7.30. Obviously, closing the musical proceedings at the end of the night is Beard of Destiny, Oxford oh, favourites of as well. 
Uh, what's business? Was it business style? Business class. Business um, class. I don't know. Something that I'm not really sure. But you know, go along and find out. I do actually have a few beard-related facts for you as well, Ooh, though, in case you're interested. Very. Um, so Alexander the Great banned beards in all of his armies because of the high risk of beard pulling in hand-to-hand combat. He thought it would give them a little edge <laughs> um, if they were clean-shaven. Um, in 1535, just before being beheaded, Sir Thomas More stated to his executioner that as his beard had not committed any treason, it should not suffer the same fate as him. So he then positioned his beard to one side, out of harm's way, before he was beheaded. <laughs> and my last beard fact is that the longest beard ever was 5.3 metres and it belonged to a Norwegian man in 1927. Oh my gosh, what would you do with it? I have no idea. Wrap it around like a scarf maybe? Yeah, that's true. I feel like it would drag along behind you. Imagine brushing it as well. Oh, that'd be Be awful. Terrible. (laughs) Also slightly related, the grapes on George Street has closed for a refurb and is reopening as Beard Oxford. That's B-E-E-R-D. And they're going to be reopening on Friday serving craft beer and pizza. On to a less beard-related event. (laughs) Family Cushion Concert is happening at the Jacqueline Dupre Music Building on Sunday. This is a fun musical event for the whole family which aims to teach children and their parents about different musical instruments. So it's led by Rosie with help from Mr Cello and other guests and they choose a special instrument each time. So this month's is the trombone. But coming up is guitar, koto and at Christmas there's going to be a festive folk session. There are sessions for the under fives at 10am and 11am and five pluses from 12pm. Tickets are £5 per person or you can pay £16 for a family. This just reminds me of being at primary school (laughs) and sitting on cushions or on the floor to be honest and (laughs) having musicians come in and it just got me thinking like what sort of music do you remember liking when you were really little? When I was really little well I don't know I had an older brother and I always tried to play up and like sort of pretend that I liked all the same things as he did so Mm. I I was kind of brought up on the prodigy to be honest. Wow (laughs) that's cool. (laughs) I I sort of danced around to Queen a lot and like you I followed my brother's example and there's a lot of house music. Mm -hmm. Remember listening to Zombie Nation a lot. Yeah growing up early 90s you gotta have a lot of dance music in there. Yes you do. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Sunday at 10, 11 and 12. On to next week now, at the new theatre, Hairspray the Musical is in town. This is a touring production. Um, lots of people will probably know the story. It's about a big girl with big hair in Baltimore and she auditions for the Corny Collins Show, which is an R&B TV dance show with local teenagers. Um, she causes a bit of a stir because she becomes the first plus-size regular on the show to the dismay of Amber Von Tussle, the show's main female dancer. She then ends up stealing Amber's boyfriend and befriending a load of black students from her school, which in segregated early 60s America was unusual, and she was campaigning for integration. It's unusual for a musical in that the stage show is actually based on the film. So there's an original 1988 John Waters film that the Broadway show was then developed from. The original film starred Ricky Lake and Debbie Harry, who is in it, which is absolutely amazing. It's usually the other way around, that it's a stage show and then it becomes a film. It's since gone on to win eight Tonys and be made into another film with Zac Efron, Queen Latifah, mm. John Travolta, Christopher Walken, Michelle Pfeiffer, which maybe some more people have seen because it's just out a few years ago. Anyway, this production is now on a huge nationwide tour and it's been getting four and five star reviews and it'll be at the new theatre Monday to Saturday, so Monday the 21st to Saturday the 26th. Tickets are £17.90. 
Do you have a favourite song? I quite like Welcome to the 60s. That's a great song. Yeah, it's pretty catchy. If you want to try out a new sport this week, Oxford Isis Corfball team are looking for new recruits and they're hosting a beginner special on Monday at 6.30pm at the Rye St Anthony School in Headington. So... What is corfball? I hear you ask. <laughs> the only thing I know about it is that it's a mixed sport, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. So it's very similar to netball and basketball. So I think it's sort of best of both worlds. So there are two teams of eight. So that's either four men or four women. And they're split again. So one half of the team are the attackers and one half of the defenders. Mm-hmm. They switch around throughout the game. But the attackers have to stay in the attacking zone and the defenders have to stay in the defending zone of their half. So the aim of the game is to throw the ball through the hoop, much like netball and basketball. And like netball, when you get the ball, you have to stay still and you have to pivot, but you can bounce it. And so to avoid, because obviously it's a mixed sport, to avoid blocking um, sort of a very tall uh, man blocking a very short woman like myself, (laughs) they have made a rule that only women are allowed to block women and men are allowed to block men. Okay. So it's more about tactics and also and also if someone is blocking you when you're trying to score, you can't score then. So it's about tactics. You have to throw it around them mm-hmm. and pass it to the next player who is free. The sport originated in the Netherlands and it, it's been in the UK for quite a while. I think they hosted a 1980s World Cup here, actually. Mm. But Oxford's team, Oxford Isis, was set up in 2007 and they welcome along anyone of any age, any sex and any ability to come along, give it a go, and see if you want to join in. So that's the Corfball Beginner Special at Rice and Anthony School in Headington on Monday at 6.30. The first four sessions are free, so go along, give it a go. If you want to find out any more about any of these events and many, many more that are on the website, do go to dailyinfo.co.uk slash events. Uh, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of events up there for you to go along to in Oxford and the surrounding area. If you need a new sports kit, why not check out our Sports and Leisure page? And for more regular updates than just the weekly Oxcast, do follow us on Twitter and Instagram and find us on Facebook. You can find them all with Daily Info Oxford. Daily, 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 daily,